Welcome everybody to episode 30 of the Blue Skies Dronecast, the podcast by UAV Hub. This is a podcast for the UK drone industry discussing everything from the UK regulations, new drones and also speaking to you, the people within the drone industry. Presented this week by Tom, Matthew and Adam. So uh, welcome back everybody. Sorry it's been such a long uh, break. We've had quite a lot going on in the background but we're finally here so uh, I guess we need to say welcome to uh, 2022 uh, as well. It is a new year and uh, a new beginning I suppose as well we could say too. Uh, obviously we've got um, Adam and Matthew in as well so uh, Matthew how are you doing? Uh, did you have a nice break and uh, it seems like a, a long time ago now doesn't it? But uh, yeah, That's true. It feels as though we've been back longer than we were away but uh, yeah it's been a good time and I think uh, things are looking up for 2022. Brilliant, cool. And uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to have uh, you with us as well, Adam. How are you doing? All good? Yep, all good. Sorry I've been away. Uh, just for those that weren't aware, I had a close family bereavement, which meant that's why I was away for most of December. Um, but yeah, all good now, all back and uh, yeah, ready to uh, kickstart 2022. Nice and uh, talk about some drones as well. <laughs> Brilliant, cool. Okay, so just a quick overview of this episode then. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the uh, transitional period. Obviously, we're into the new year now, so there's a much shorter time to kind of uh, get ready for this side of things. So we will talk about the transitional period. Uh, we've then got a question as well, so we'll go over the answers uh, to uh, that question. Uh, and also, we've got um, a relatively special uh, goodbye as well, and we'll explain a bit more about that uh, later on. So uh, yeah, without further ado... Let's kick off with talking about uh, the transitional uh, period then. So the countdown is on, I suppose, really, isn't it? So towards the end of this year, this is when this uh, transitional period is going to finish. So um, I might hand this over to Adam uh, briefly, just because he loves this sort of thing. And he's <laughs> going to give us a quick overview of uh, kind of what we mean by this, I suppose, really. So, uh, yeah, Adam, what's it all about? OK, so if you aren't aware of this transitional provision, you've pretty much been... I don't know where you've been on a different planet. Um, I know we do keep not listening to this podcast anyway. Yeah, <laughs> quite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, you're like, "What the hell is a transitional provision?" Well, this transitional provision is a two-year period from when the UK adopted the European regulations at the very end of twenty. 2020 so 31st December 2020 I'm trying to get my dates right there so they (laughs) they give a two-year transitional period for what we now call legacy drones these are drones that are currently on the market they don't have um, a little marking on them that says they are certified Um, so this is different to what you might see as a CE marking or the brand new UK CA marking it's actually a certified marking that lets the user know what type of aircraft they're actually flying and these are uh, these will range from c0 up to c4 there will be others in the future there's actually going to be a c5 and a c6 eventually but we're, mm. we're going to focus on that c0 to c4 so like i say there's a two-year transition in that allows manufacturers to uh, make sure that their aircraft conform to these new standards that have been put in and by law at the end of 2022 all new drones have to be certified they won't be able to sell these legacy drones in the uk or the european market anymore um so that's pretty much what this transitional period is really it's just a it's a breather to allow you as the user to buy drones still and to be able to potentially fly them within the new regulations yeah okay so i guess at the moment we're about halfway through aren't we we've had the first year and now we've got another sort of same amount of time 
to sort of get through before at the moment this becomes the law whether it will do do we think it's going to happen or do we think there's going to be an extension or what what do you reckon Matthew any any ideas what what uh, what do you think well Tom I think like so many things in life uh, it's likely to happen at the last minute isn't it and uh, I think it's there's a possibility that the CAA could be forced into providing a, an extension if things haven't happened within the manufacturing side of things and from the manufacturers uh, getting their aircraft certified. So I suppose the, C, the CAA would struggle to stop anybody from selling anything if the sort of framework isn't in place to provide that certification process. And I think Adam will explain a little bit more on that in a moment as to what the process is that the manufacturers need to go through. So I think it's all uh, speculation, but it's certainly an interesting time. And I I think this year will flash by before we know it and a lot will have happened but let's hope that it's all happened by then exactly yeah so again it's a bit of a, a wait and see as always isn't it with this sort of thing so yeah it's a wait and see but um, obviously I suppose the question on everyone's lips and it always seems to be appearing all the time is are the current aircraft going to be able to be uh, retro certified so obviously the one that springs to mind for me is obviously the Mavic 3 it's just come out and I think people are still not really understanding that the Mavic 3 is 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 a legacy aircraft, even though it's new. It doesn't make sense, does it? So, Adam, what do you reckon? There's not much in the regulations, is there, really, at the moment that kind of gives us much of an idea, but who knows? What do you think, though? Yeah, so I'm just going to take a quick step back, uh, and I will come back into this. Yeah. So, um, in regards to... It's actually not the CAA that will... Um, that that can put an extension on it's actually government because it's in law the caa can't just say oh yeah, we'll just give an extension mm. because it's in uk yeah. law actually it's got to go through parliament they'll have to be ah. um <laughs> there will have to be an actual extension put in place uh by mps so to be honest i don't know if that's going to be the biggest priority the CAA might potentially <laughs> you know lobby or push to put an extension if required but it, it, it's as much as you want to blame the CAA, you know, as a user, you know, it's actually not their fault. It, it's it's in law. Um, so I just want to cover that off. And actually, this ties in to the um, retro certification. So if you look at the regulations, actually, there's a little piece in that doesn't allow retro certification. This is mainly based on, you know, firmware updates. So, um, you know, let's just take, for argument's sake, the, I put in quotations, the low speed mode. Um, you know, to make sure it conforms to that, so it becomes part of the C2 um, drone requirements. It can't just be done through a firmware update to say, yeah, that is now certified. If there was going to be anything, it would have to be that the aircraft would have to be, essentially the body would have to be sent back to the manufacturer to be retro-certified. You know, whether the manufacturers do a, uh, you know, a, a trade-in scheme... You know, so you get the, the brand new model, the updated model. I don't know, maybe DJI wants to do that or, you know, Unique or Evo. Personally, I don't think they will. Um, I think it would just be that they'll just release a new body of aircraft and be like, there you go, this one now complies, done. As we know with most technologies these days, most have a, a general lifespan of two to three years um, yeah. for most people kind of upgrade. I know some people do... Um, keep them for longer but generally it, it's a two to three lifespan in terms of technology cycles so i don't honestly don't think even though the mavic 3 is brand new that there will be a, a trade-in scheme what they might do is release a mavic 3s european edition you know they could do something like that but you'll have to go and buy this brand new three grand aircraft yeah 
I see, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because DJI probably don't really care about this too much. All they want to do is sell aircraft. So I guess the idea is, yeah, they'll either kind of work it into the next model, like you were mentioning, um, or they'll just bring it out whenever they're ready. And, you know, they'll still be selling all the other types of aircraft probably all over the world. So, yeah, it's a weird one. But, uh, yeah, Matthew, what did you think? Yeah, I, I agree with what Adam's saying, because if we look at the DJI range as it is now, as sort of European consumers, we see a certain set of aircraft available, but they already have a Japanese version of the Mavic Mini, for example, or have had, I don't know if it's current right now. So that's an example of, uh, of DJI's take on how they've supplied a specific market with specific requirements, because if I'm not mistaken, the Japanese regulations were 200 grams instead of 250. Um, and so they did a Mavic Mini with a 199 gram weight with a lighter battery, uh, probably to the uh, loss of some flight time. But I think that's an mm. example of what we might expect them to do. So that's perhaps a sort of a glimpse into their thought process and the way that they'll handle it. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really help people who already own that aircraft, does it? Because they'll still have to buy another one probably. But for DJI, it might just be changing the body shell a little bit, putting on a few little different markings on the controller rather than tripod mode. It might be, you know, low speed mode or something instead. And away they go again, I suppose. But uh, yeah, Adam, what did you have to say? Yeah, so um, I just want to kind of come back, <clears throat> take a step back from, from the notes, which is you know, there's one of the questions we're probably going to get asked is, you know, well, why aren't we getting them now? Why, why, why aren't manufacturers getting them certified? And um, I know for a while I was you know, sort of banging on. It's like the 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 manufacturers do know the the, the specifications, and that is still true. The specifications are still um, in the uh, the delegated regulations. However, I think it's the fact that there isn't a body as yet that will oh, yeah. certify the aircraft um yep. so in the uk we have um something called the uk market conformity assessment bodies uh these are companies that um essentially make sure that um pieces of equipment or you know toy you know if make sure a toy is a toy um or <laughs> you know certain pieces of i don't know gas works or you know it doesn't matter there's all different yeah. types of assessment bodies um and they're as far as i can see there currently isn't one set up or a company hasn't set up yet to do the conformity for drones uh for the mm. new certified drones now i've I've done some searching on the on the government website for this you know i've searched for you know uas ua unmanned aircraft aviation mm. aircraft you know think you know keywords i'm trying to look for and nothing shows up it doesn't say that there actually isn't one you know it might just be under right. electronics you know an electronics company might still be able to do it you know they might be authorized to do it but i haven't been able to find one that looks specific to drones uh, which might be why we've not seen any aircraft to be certified yet because there isn't one as far as i can see let's not say that there mm. is one um mm. i can't speak for europe for the eu um i haven't looked on how they set up their own conformity bodies um though there might be one in europe that is already set up i, I just don't know yeah i see yeah and also i guess maybe as well the research and development for these aircraft is probably quite long isn't it so when they come up with a new model it, it might be you know two years into the future or, or something and so that might be holding them all back too i i suppose so uh, uh again it's one of those uh one of those uh, same comments as i said before wait and see and uh hopefully we'll start to get a bit more news uh, as the year progresses so um if we were to get some certified aircraft i guess coming uh, this year or maybe next year uh, i guess we can kind of predict maybe 
uh, what categories they might fall into, I suppose, really, can't we? So the first couple that we've got listed, obviously the most, uh, I, I think, most popular aircraft, certainly from a sort of a hobbyist point of view, Mini 3, I guess, is going to be coming out, I'd imagine, this year. Uh, and that will probably be, or it would be, a C0 aircraft, wouldn't it? So I think that's what we can sort of look towards. Um, same sort of thing for the uh, Autel Evo or the uh, the, the Nano 2 um, as well. That will be a C01. Um, uh, Matthew, other sort of models that might be coming out? What do you, uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, of course. As we jump up the uh, sort of C classes, of course, we're talking about weight categories. So if we go up a step, the all likelihood is that the A3, as we assume it will be called, will fall into the C1 category. Um, and then, of course, the sort of, uh, I think the one that's most anticipated is the first drone to come onto the market in the C2 category, because, of course, that's going to allow uh, really high quality drones to fly very close to uninvolved people with an A2 CFC. So, of course, that category would uh, be looking at aircraft like like the Mavic 3s and also up into aircraft in the sort of range of Inspire, so potentially an Inspire 3 because of course we're talking uh, up to four kilos, so quite large aircraft yeah. and that'll allow incredible opportunity for flying in very, very tight spaces. So C2 I think is probably the one that most people are waiting for, although having, uh, having said that, the C0 Mini 3 is bound to be a hit as well, of course. <laughs> yeah. I think it is, yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? I, I forgot that, actually. Yeah, we're not limited to the two kilos anymore. It goes up to four, doesn't it, in the C2 right, yeah. uh, drone. So that's uh, quite a, a big jump. So, yeah, yeah, we start to include some very good aircraft now, which I think is uh, uh, interesting. And I think from uh, a consumer's point of view, it'll be nice when they do arrive because then... First of all, the the course will make more sense to people. I think yes. you know they'll look through it and go, "Oh, I can see the the uh, the aircraft certification." So, what do I want to do? Oh, okay, I need to do this. So maybe I'll choose a, a C one aircraft. Okay, what's a C one aircraft? Da, 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 da. I'll buy that sorted. So I think in the in the sort of the idea behind it all and the theory, it's really good. It all makes sense. It just it just needs to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, the whole <laughs> regulatory well, yeah. framework. I think the whole regulatory framework will all of a sudden make more sense and it'll be become obvious as to why the A2CFC is there and why it makes sense and why the GVC is there and why it makes sense and the sort of separation between the two, for sure. Yeah. At the moment, it's a bit of a grey area and we... we on, on an ongoing basis get inquiries to people saying which one suits me and it's very difficult to give a definitive answer but as you say as soon as we've got these certified aircraft things become much clearer that's it yeah there's a huge overlap at the moment isn't there so hopefully that will get sorted with everything changing uh yeah adam what did you want to add yeah just tag it on to the end of uh, of matt there just yeah yeah we are getting so many questions and it's understandable why there is confusion in the market because uh, and it's hard for us actually at this point to recommend which one to do you know we want to push people towards the a2c of c because you know it's a very cost effective course to do but you know it, we've got less than 12 months on the transitional provisions for that you know and then it's only applicable to c2 aircraft for, so for us you know we we are hoping there's a c2 aircraft coming out um because then we can be like yep yeah, straight away you've got that drone you need an a2c of c you've got that drone you need just to get your flyer ID, um, or oh, I've got an old, I've got a fleet of, you know, I've got Mavic Two Pro and Inspire Two. It's like no worries, get the GVC. Um, mm. At the moment, you know, we we are very upfront about this when we speak to people on the phone. Um, we do always tell people upfront, you know, the transitional provision is in place. You know, you've got till the end of this year to use the A Two C O C with a sub two kilogram drone. Um, we at the moment recommend 
potentially going for the GVC. If it is, you want more longevity out of some of your aircraft. Um, or, as seems to be the majority of people are doing, is they're going ahead and getting a Mini 2. Um, mm. Because it's not affected by the uh, transitional provisions. No, exactly. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah, Adam. I think you've uh, you've just um, diffused a bomb by saying that. I think it's important that people understand that their aircraft, their legacy aircraft, will still be able to be used with the appropriate permission in future. And we're not saying that it's the end of the life of all these aircraft and they need to go on the skip. So that's, that was a good point to drop in there for sure. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. so just just to make sure that people are aware, even if you don't have a GVC at the end of 2022 and if your drone isn't certified you can still fly your drone it's just you've got to fly it in, in a low risk environment so a nice big open field away from people that's the, the crux really is and then if you do want to fly in higher risk areas with your legacy drone you'll need to do a GVC and get an operational authorization. So, um, yeah, as we've kind of said, things will get simplified, hopefully by the end of this year, as drones have to be certified, because then it will be, yes, you need this, or no, you need this. Exactly. Yeah, hopefully that won't be too far away, because it makes uh, a nice, it's a nice way to explain things, and it all makes sense, and it will make our lives easier as well, won't it, when we're talking to people, which is always good too. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully that uh, all makes a bit more sense. And, uh, yeah, we've got to, someone should probably start a countdown clock, shouldn't they, somewhere on a website to count down till, uh, till it all, uh, in theory, um, sort of finishes. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. So, uh, yeah, that was sort of the main topic of the podcast, I guess, uh, spoken about there. So hopefully that's uh, very useful to everyone. Uh, so we're going to move on now to uh, our question. So we've got a voice uh, note question that's come in from uh, Luke Unsworth. So, uh, yeah, Luke, take it away. I have a, a question about flying in Canada. Um, I am a photographer and camera operator, and I passed my GVC with UAV Hub some months ago and have since used it in paid jobs, which has been brilliant. Um, however, I've been asked to do some filming in Canada, and obviously it would be great to get some, some aerial shots. So do you know if the GVC will be accepted in Canada or will we have to hire a pilot when we get there? Um, so any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Okay, great. Thanks, Luke. That was a, a great question. And uh, it's nice to have uh, another voice on the podcast, as always, too. Uh, so, yeah, Luke's question, basically, uh, he's obviously got his uh, got his GVC at the moment uh, in the UK uh, and wants to pilot an aircraft uh, in Canada. So can he use the GVC or will he have to do something else? Now, I think we probably know the answer to this, unfortunately. In, a, in an ideal world, we'd say, yes, GVC works everywhere. But no, it doesn't, unfortunately. So, uh, Adam, I'll let you uh, take over from me, if you like, on this one. So what does he need to do? OK, so um, we've already stipulated, yeah, GVC is not applicable in uh, in Canada or, or even the USA. So what do you need to do? Well, in Canada, it is actually quite a similar system to the UK, but not compatible so there's uh two certificates that you can get there's a basic and advanced so it's actually probably a lot more simpler than the uk in terms of understanding yeah we, it's basic and advanced so that's pretty yeah. darn simple um in terms of the basic one um i'm just making sure i've got the details up um, on screen <laughs> so i don't um don't give anyone the wrong information uh so there's a basic examination for the uh for the basic pilot certificate uh which is for you know relatively small drones um very similar to us i suppose with the a2c of c a little bit 
and then if they want to do advanced operations so with larger drones they need to essentially get the advanced pilot certificate uh, to do that they'll need to do um, uh, an examination um, they'll need to do a flight assessment uh, so that will have to be done in Canada um, so there's no way that you could kind of do it remotely uh, entirely and then they will apply for the, the pilot certificate from the, um, the Canadian uh, aviation um, authorities so yeah it's it's mm. it's a fairly straightforward process in terms of you know, what you need to do it's it's you, know, you need to have a look on the canadian uh website uh, the government of canada website it's all on there uh, there's loads of information it's actually quite straightforward uh, straightforward mm. to understand and find you know use your favorite search engine or you know let me google that for you um <laughs> and then you know just go on there it's it's very straightforward just have a read through um and just see which one you might need for the most people if you're going there for a you know for a hobby you might be all right with just the uh the basic one um in which case you know you could probably do that while you're there but if it is you're going there for work you're going to need the advanced one so uh just just bear that in mind before you go assuming that you can use your gvc yeah Brilliant. There we go. Well, hopefully, uh, Luke, that was uh, what you, well, I want to say what you wanted to hear. It probably isn't what you wanted to hear, but hopefully that was useful <laughs> nonetheless. We have actually replied to Luke already via email. This was sent in before Christmas, actually. So uh, we're just getting through uh, sort of the other questions and uh, putting it on the podcast just in case it's helpful uh, for anyone else as well. So yeah, thanks a lot, Luke. That was great. Um, cool. So we're going to move on now um, to, like I said, so this section normally is quite short and at the end, uh, but this time we've actually moved it forward a little bit because um, we have to announce that actually Matthew is uh, leaving UAV Hub, uh, unfortunately. So uh, this is technically his last episode, although just to be really awkward, we have pre-recorded next <laughs> week's episode. So he will still be here for that. So he's going to say bye now and then come back weirdly <laughs> but uh, hopefully that will make sense so uh, yeah i guess we'll hand this bit over to matthew and uh, yeah he'll just kind of maybe explain kind of what he's going off to do and uh, yeah uh, we're all we're all going to miss you matthew aren't we so uh, yeah go, go and sort of yeah give the listeners sort of an overview maybe of uh, sort of uh, what you're going to be doing thanks tom yeah um it's uh, it's one of those difficult times in life where you've got to make a big decision and um it's with a heavy heart that i had to uh, make contact with the team and let the guys know that i'd been approached by uh, a company and unfortunately the opportunity is just one of those that's too good to to re to ignore uh so yeah just sort of giving the guys a bit of an overview as to my journey that I've had through UAV Hub. I've been here for a couple of years now and sort of joined the team and uh, been well, well, very well welcomed and felt part of the family rather than the team as a such, as I'd say. Um, so yeah, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've had here. And of course, the people I've met and the knowledge I've gained is invaluable. It's stuff that you just can't buy. So absolutely, it's been an incredible couple of years. Um, I think a huge amount has happened through the pandemic, of course. We've sort of really had to uh, respond to that as a team and I think we've, we've done an incredible job of it. So it's been amazing to be part of that for sure. So as I say, it's with a heavy heart that I step out. However, I am excited about the move forward for me. It does feel like a move forward or perhaps sideways, I should say. I don't want to belittle UAV Hub by any means because I think they are <laughs> class leading, but I'm stepping into a slightly different arena at this point. So uh, as I said, I was approached by a company in recent time. Um, they specialize in also in the drone industry within the UK, but in development and manufacturing. So they work with military and other commercial companies um, sort of doing problem solving for them and developing products for very specific needs. Um, so outside of the scope of conventional sort of uh, TJI style aircraft, 
literally down to things like building their own flight controllers and electronics and so on. And that's, of course, a lot yeah. to do with security and so on. So uh, it's a high-level production company that do uh, developments of drones, both fixed-wing, rotary, etc. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very, very exciting. So it's going to be a great environment to find myself working in. Uh, so my role will be sort of multi-role when I get there. Um, I'll be partly involved with the design work, although I'm not a qualified design engineer by any means, but I'll sort of be working alongside the design engineers, providing some input and sort of um, agreeing that the sort of practicality of, of manufacture and so on goes along with the science of the design, for example. So I'll be involved at that sort of level. And then a bit more hands-on as well. So I'll be also part of the team that will be working on building these aircraft prototypes and custom aircraft, etc. So, yeah, very exciting environment. Um, I'll also be doing some piloting, which is exciting because I haven't been doing as much flying as I would have liked to for the last couple of years. Um, although I do, as, as you guys have heard, I do quite a bit of hobby flying. We've done little and more regulatory work, of course, within UAV Hub. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very exciting to be part of, of, uh, of that team. Um, Tom, you wanted to comment on that, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're sort of mixing a bit more of your hobby with uh, what you're going to be doing in the future, too, which is always uh, good, I think, isn't it, too? So no, it sounds like that's a, a brilliant uh, yeah, step forward or step sideways, whichever way you wanted to look at it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll miss you and it'll be sad to see you go. But obviously, uh, in an unselfish way, <laughs> it's going to be great, great for yourself. So no, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really good bit of news. And uh, yeah, Adam, anything you want to add? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's it, I, I can kind of joke. You're going to be um, a test pilot, uh, but a diff, the different kind of test pilot. You, you say, "Oh yeah, I'm a test pilot." And you're like, yeah. what, "Fortunately, what I'll be safe version? on the ground." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> for sure. <laughs> no, it yeah, it sounds like an amazing, op- amazing opportunity, and um, we're just glad you're not going to a competitor. That's the main thing. Oh, no, that wouldn't have happened. We know that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually one of the yeah, very think... first things that I said when I spoke to the team, as I said, guys, I've been approached, not by an RAE. <laughs> so that just settled that immediately. <laughs> that's great. Well, anyway, we wish you all the best, Matthew, anyway. And it's been a, a pleasure working alongside you um, as well. So thank you very much. So uh, yeah. just before we wrap up this episode, then, uh, we're just going to finish off with kind of how it's going to sort of work moving forward. So obviously, potentially at the moment, we might lose... Uh, the Staffordshire um, uh, OE venue, I guess, to start with. But we do have uh, another three additional examiners coming on board very soon, hopefully. So we've got uh, three new locations. So we've got uh, a chap in Newcastle now who will be up and running within the next week or so, I think. Adam, is that pretty much about right? Should be, but I'm speaking to uh, speaking to that examiner today. Um, I'm sure for for most people, we'll just confirm it's Newcastle um, upon Tyne, uh, not uh, yeah. not not where actually we're doing the current venues, which is not Newcastle the confusing one, one. <laughs> not the confusing one where 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 we're based. It's yeah, Newcastle yeah. upon Tyne. So um, yeah, up for one of our most northern. In fact, it will be our most northern venue in England because mm. uh, we yes. do have one up in the, in Glasgow. Yeah. That's cool, cool. And we've got uh, another chap uh, in Berkeley as well, so just north of Bristol, actually. So that's a bit more west for people as well. So hopefully uh, that'll be useful. And uh, he'll be coming on within the next sort of week or so uh, as well. And uh, lastly, we've got uh, a chap uh, called uh, Simon from Basingstoke as well. So he's going to be starting up uh, again, probably a little bit later, so maybe two or three weeks or so, but he's raring to go, got a location, and that'll take the pressure off uh, the south a bit more as well, hopefully too. So uh, yeah, hopefully we've spread our spread our wings a little bit further we've still got a few more uh, locations that we would like if we could so uh, somewhere near kent 
if anyone is sort of uh, working there or knows of someone who's uh, who's uh, sort of able to to sort of do flight tests for us that would be perfect in Kent and another one more more west again sort of towards Cornwall area and then I think uh, we're pretty well covered aren't we Adam? Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, so we are on the lookout for sort of the Kent area and, and Cornwall area. Um, if you are, you know, essentially we we do have some set criteria for we are looking for examiners, but um, one of the key things for us is you know you need to be able to fly in ATI mode. Uh, we do need to make sure that you are proficient in ATI mode so you can assess people um, who can fly um, who need to fly in ATI. Yeah. Uh, we're generally looking for um, either previous examiners, you know, who have worked for other REs. Uh, you know, we're not. Um, you know, if you are working for another RE uh, freelance, you know, we are happy for you to work for us as a as a freelance examiner as well. You know, obviously we still have the criteria, we still have to vet you, but um, we are on the lookout for other examiners. Um, if you haven't done examining examining before, it's not a complete deal breaker. Um, you know, we are looking for people with at least two years commercial experience uh, operating under what is now the operational authorization, what was the PFCO. Uh, so we would be looking for two years minimum um, uh, operating in a commercial space. So yeah, there's a few a few things, but if you're interested, you know, get in contact with us. Drop us an email: courses at uavhub.com. Um, let us know that you're interested, and we can um, yeah, we can have a chat. And uh, I think also if you can fly fixed wing aircraft, that would be an added bonus as well. We've got a, a few more people uh, sort of appearing now who want to actually get qualified on fixed wing. And we don't have many instructors that can do that. So, yeah, if you can fly fixed wing too, then that's uh, that's an extra sort of tick in the box as well. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, we're going to move forward. Yeah, Adam, sorry, carry on. Yeah, sorry, just uh, for those that are on the GVC course at the moment, you know, and if you are worried about, you know, oh, we're losing the you know, the Staffordshire venue you know, imminently, um, you know, just so you know where all other venues are you know if you live um, in scotland we've got glasgow there's chorley in lancashire which is probably going to be the nearest venue for those that would normally go to uh, the staffordshire venue uh, so a little bit mm-hmm. further north um, we've also got where tom's based so wallingford in oxfordshire that one's still open and we've also got ipswich in surrey so if you do live in that kind of uh, part of the, the country we also have that venue that's been up for a, a few months now Mm, that's quite busy actually as well yeah a lot of people are taking uh, yeah. them up on that so yeah Ipswich, Alpha are there, aren't they, they do saturday so saturdays um, yeah they they it's very limited because they do work they have their own full-time company <laughs> um but they do saturday venues so if it is that you can only do weekend keep having a look at the Ipswich venue because they do do a saturday once or twice a month yeah Exactly. Yeah. So a nice little trip out to uh, to Suffolk for the day on a Saturday isn't isn't too bad. Uh, I used to live in Norfolk, so uh, I think uh, it's the same. Yeah, it is the same part actually for, for from where I was as well. So a lovely lovely part to visit as well. So yeah, there we go. Uh, nice. So I think that quite nicely takes us up uh, to the the end of the episode actually now. So uh, thank you uh, once again. First episode of uh, 2022 in the bag, I think, guys, which is uh, which is excellent. So um, we'll just finish off now with a couple of housekeeping uh, bits and pieces. So don't remember, uh, don't forget. Sorry, if you've got a question, feel free to send them into uh, dronecast at uavhub.com. Uh, like I say, a voice note is preferred, but again, if you want to just write an email, that's also fine too. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. That means then the podcast will find its way into your inbox uh, every uh, Wednesday morning. I think it's set to come in at 6 a.m. Actually, so it should be about that time before people are up and uh, uh, and they can listen to it sort of uh, in the morning if they need to uh, review the podcast uh, if you can as well if you haven't already and like we always say if you've got any friends in the uh, similar industry who don't listen 
uh, maybe give them a shout and uh, offer the podcast up to them uh, hopefully they'll all find it uh, very useful um, as well but I guess yeah it's uh, goodbye uh, from you Matthew yeah I think a final goodbye and thank you to the pair of you for including me in the podcast it's been a great little extra journey um, really enjoyed that and I'll keep listening so uh, yeah thanks to everybody else that's uh, followed along and um, been part of my journey in, in the space that's great yeah and actually one thing I forgot to mention you might come back to the podcast to uh, explain about uh, what, you're, what you're up to I suppose so maybe in a couple of months time uh, I'm not sure how much you will be able to talk about but if you can <laughs> then it would be nice to have you back if that's okay yeah, I think it'll certainly be possible for sure. Um, I actually uh, talked about the possibility of an interview with somebody previously. And in fact, we're talking about a similar group of people. So yeah, I'd certainly be keen to be back for sure. Cool. That's brilliant. Cool. We'll look forward to that then. And uh, yeah, finally, Adam, uh, thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tom. And uh, we're going to miss you, Matt. We are. This is going to be the uh, the two musketeers probably from now on. So uh, yeah, hopefully the well, listeners won't actually, find that too much. That's it. It'd be probably interesting, you know, if you do want to kind of you know, talk about drones. Um, you know, we're, we're always interested in speaking to you know to you guys as well. You know, as much if you've got a question, but if you'd like to potentially come on, that you know, if you've got an interesting story, uh, we've got mm. um, actually next week's episode. We've got a, uh, a travel blogger who we are uh, who we're speaking to. Um, yeah. who's uh, got all different kind of your drone permissions from all over the world. Uh, done the GVC with ourselves and um, had the PFCO previously. Um, you know, if if you've got an interesting story, if you want to you know, come on and chat to us, drop us an email. You know, get in contact dronecast at uavhub.com. Um, let us know when you know, we'll look at to get look to get you on board. We're, we're, we'd love to speak to more people within the community. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, we always love success stories as well. That's our sort of favourite topic, isn't it? Too. So uh, yeah, we're open open for that um, as well. So uh, yeah, there we go then. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, fly safe and blue skies. <laughs>